Hello, welcome to the Book Club Haters Book Club. A podcast where we discuss the books we love and otherwise. I'm Noor. And I'm Tia. And we got that in one go. <laughs> <laughs> I, Michelle, like, I was, I knew you were going to jump in with your name first, so I just stayed quiet. <laughs> I'm oh super my God, proud of two us. Two years, two years, and we <laughs> finally nailed it. Yeah, one year apart, like that's <laughs> quite a feat, actually. <laughs> anyway, have you been reading at all this year? Because at uh, This year, no, this the past month, because I haven't. Oh, haven't you? I thought you have. Well, other than the, Wait, the book club I read, books. I read the book club books. They're also very thick. They're like... There's basically like five books already. Okay, so I'll put that on my, on my Goodreads. So I think I finished my challenge for 2020. Did you? If you count those books as five books, because oh. they're 800 <laughs> pages each, right? Bloody anyway, hell. you can talk about you can talk about what you've read, because I know you're reading, you've been reading. So I've been kind of rereading and then finding new stuff, but <clears throat> I have been reading my favorite books but in audio form and it's Mm. super interesting to kind of reacquaint myself with these stories where like with the with the narrator (laughs) reading it for me and Mm -hmm. um so one of the books that I listened to is Iron and Magic by Eleanor Andrews uh Mm -hmm. the narrator is called Steve West and he has the sexiest voice <laughs> ever ever oh my god i'm such a huge fan because like i read um he also read scorpio the scorpio races by um maggie stevewater and literally it's my favorite book just because he read it when i read this book like in the text i thought eh, okay that's fine but mm-hmm. hearing it listening to him speak it was <sighs> It was kind of sinful, mm. I gotta say. <laughs> You're kind of gushing right now. I'm gushing. So, and it was... Wait, I um, want... Okay. Mm-hmm, sorry. I, wa- I want to know why... I guess what makes an audiobook narrator good? Or in this case, like for this case, because you you sound pretty horned up. Oh, gosh. Um, <clears throat> so, I also... So, to, to make a comparison, I really love him. Um, but I don't like the narrator for the canon, the main Kate Daniels books, because mm-hmm. she has, I don't know, I think her voice is too thin. I don't know if I'm like explaining that right. You know how like some voices are like really nice to listen to mm-hmm. and they kind of say things, say the words that you think sound correct. And mm-hmm. in the say in the accent that you feel that is right for that story and for those characters. So the the one in the Kate Daniels books, because I read them maybe like a few years now, I think it's been almost like eight years. Uh they I didn't imagine all of those like different accents that way in the way that the narrator um portrays it. So I was like it was a bit jarring for me. But for the Iron mm-hmm. and Magic one, it was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of really natural to, to kind of sink into those, I don't know, <laughs> actually. But it, just some narrators, 
know how to do it. Like they mm-hmm. they know how what comes natural and like their voices change. So for each character, they change the their own voices. Yeah. And it's it doesn't sound like they're changing their voice, you know? It sounds like as if someone else is saying it. So you don't imagine, oh, this, he's saying this as like a woman with a higher pitched voice and it's so unnatural. Right. He's just saying it, but in a way that makes you sound like, oh, yeah, he's reading a woman and it sounds okay. Does he, when he's using a woman, when he's reading something from, from a woman, uh-huh. yeah, is it, do, do they do high pitch or? Um, I know that some narrators do high pitch and I was like, no, Ugh. I don't like that. Or I like, hate that. Yeah, but this, he doesn't. He just um, softens his voice and like makes it less deep. In, and then mm. in comparison, if he's in the, uh, coming from the guy, he, it's like, it's super deep and it's like, but it's not like so deep that it's like, Mumbari <laughs> water. <laughs> I get you. It's, it's just enough. Okay. I don't really like listening to audiobooks uh, for fictions. I tried it with Harry Potter before and it just didn't do it for me. And I know at that time, a lot of people were praising Stephen Fry for doing it. And I am not a fan of Stephen Fry, <laughs> so I just didn't mm. really care for it. And yeah, it just wasn't for me. And like Harry Potter were my favorite books back when um yeah it just never did it for me because again i can't concentrate with audiobooks i mean i can't concentrate with normal books either i guess mm. i just have problem concentrating in everything in my life so i thought that i only needed to like if for me like you said like harry potter was your favorite uh book as a child uh, like in your youth in your youth what <laughs> when you were younger <laughs> i still am in my youth my friend you are you are <laughs> um but reading uh, listening to my favorite books on audio with a bad narrator is kind of just it doesn't work but listening to my mm. favorite books with the right narrator is like the golden mm. combination that i think might mm. be difficult to find is that more like of a preference thing? Because if everyone else liked what Stephen Fry was doing and I don't, oh, oh that yeah, obviously, me, yeah. It just means <laughs> that you're not bitch. into. No, you, it Stephen, just means yeah. that you're not into Stephen Fry that. reading Harry Potter. Maybe yeah, someone else reading Harry Potter would be better for you. Who knows? Hmm. I wonder who. Let me have a think. Who has a sexy voice? <laughs> yeah, Can you, you imagine know, like, someone these... with a sexy voice reading Sorry? Harry Potter? Oh. Somebody with a sexy voice reading Harry Potter just seems very off to me. Yeah, so like it has to be someone who like fits a, the tone of Harry Potter. A pleasant voice, I guess. In your know. head. Yeah. In my head. Maybe I should just read it myself. Sure, record it. And then listen to it on your drive. <laughs> and I'd be like, ooh, I like it. <laughs> I love it. Self-love. Talk about self-love, I know. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Because I literally have nothing. (laughs) Okay, okay. So I read this amazing, amazing, amazing book by Kennedy Kennedy Ryan, who also um, wrote Longshot, which is also one of my favorite Mm -hmm. books ever. Um, This book is called Queen Move, 
it's about uh, a woman, a black woman in, she's a political campaigner. She has a political campaign company or something like that. So she mm-hmm. elects, um, she just elected the president basically in the book, in the, in the universe, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Oh, right. Okay. Okay. And it's, it's a romance novel between her and her childhood friend slash love, first love and best friend who is um, a mix, uh, a black Jewish mix. Mm-hmm. Is that the right way to say it? I'm unsure. I don't know. But yeah. Maybe. Um, his, okay. his dad is black. His, uh, his mom is Jewish. And he came. <laughs> he came into being in that way. <laughs> <laughs> when you said he, he came, came, I'm like, what? what? Excuse me? <laughs> It's so inappropriate. I know. Okay. I know. Okay. So this book, I, I really, really, really love it because it's so hard to say, but it just like swept me off my feet because it was mm-hmm. deeply, deeply, deeply romantic. And like it, it kind of like love, you know how you always say like love is not enough for relationships to work. <laughs> I do say that a lot. <laughs> I yeah, 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 yeah. Fuckload the past five months of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, yes, yeah. So this one is, um, you know how I, I feel like romance novels they do, like love, love is the the thing that binds people together, right? In romance, so yes, in this one, there's, it's still there, but the difference is time. Like something happens, and like he and they take some time apart and they come back together and it's perfect and it's so the intricacy between these two people's relationship is so interesting and like i'm really bungling this up but it's a good book it's i don't know how to explain but it's a really good book and it i don't know tia I'm so tired of listening to people talk about romance because I've been hearing people talk about romance a lot the past, I don't know, five days. And I'm like, oh, God, (laughs) not this again. I mean, like, I'm not saying it in a dismissive kind of way. I'm saying in a, geez, like, give me a break, guys. (laughs) Like, I'm alone. (laughs) But yeah, okay. Good, good on them. Good on them. Um, I think Good on I've you. been like really leaning back into romance these days because of the comfort that they give. And I think that that's, that's a lot that it's that way for a lot of people now because they, it's just very comforting to, to know like there's a happy ending at the end of it. Oh, I, I thought it was like a happy ending at the end of life, but I got, I got you girl. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, you read something for joy, and you kind of want, Mm. because right now everything's kind of still in, like, a nervous, I don't know, people are anxious, and people want to know what's going to happen in the end, and romance novels assure that there is a happy ending at the end. You know what's interesting? A few months ago, you were telling me that you cannot read, and now you're just reading. Yeah, I know. I don't remember yeah. why I got back into reading. It's it just I don't good. Finally, I think also because ugh, I hate this term, 
it's a whole new normal kind of thing that you're like, well, it's not going to change. I might as well just get back to how what normal is to me, which is going back to your hobbies. Because during that time when the pando was really fresh, mm-hmm. um, people were taking up new hobbies and stuff like that. But after a while, like learning new things, for instance, can get really exhaustive. And if you're somebody who works at home and stuff, um, being in that environment can be very... Uh, it can make you go stir crazy. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I feel like a lot of people have been going back to what they used to do. Um, it's what used to comfort them. Yeah, yeah. Because like before this, they're like, oh, I'm going to try new things. And um, I don't, I'm not saying that it necessarily means you're neglecting the old things that you used to do. It's just you're trying new things and this As time a way to like, like kind of also distract yourself, right? But yeah, now you're for just sure. Like, sitting in like you're here (laughs) you're in the present now so you're just like okay like let's do Mm -hmm. something that that is calming and comforting and brings me joy yeah i mean i was because we have a case quite recently like after a whole month of not having cases and Mm. i remember when earlier on i would not want to go to the dojo because i was just terrified but now i'm like well, restrictions, they haven't restricted anything. I'm just going to keep going while <laughs> it's not restricted, which I know is in a way pretty fucking stupid thing to do. But at the same time, like that's my comfort right now because that's where my friends are. Yeah, that's where exactly. It is risky, but it's my... also like something like that you kind of need. Yeah, and I really like it. Like the exercising dopamine hit really does help me a lot mm. and it helps me with my daily life. Um, mm-hmm. it helps me function in a way. Maybe that's what I need. Maybe I need to get into heart drugs. <laughs> yeah, that just went off the deep end. Like, what the hell? <laughs> maybe like if I'm seeking dopamine all the time, maybe I get I should get into coke. <laughs> Is that what coke does? I don't know anything about coke. Speed does that, I think. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, you don't know anything about coke either. <laughs> if you say like no, that. not really. I I only know that um coke. I don't... Is Coke and Speed even the same thing? I don't know. I know it just went from 0 to 100 very quickly. <laughs> but yeah. Um, anyway, I, I'll talk about one book that I was trying to read. So I was reading yeah. our book club book. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading... Um, uh, uh, what's the second one? Kingdom of Copper? Uh, don't yes. even know. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I was reading Kingdom of Copper and then I finished it. And I started this book um, called The Seven Necessary Sins for Women and Girls by Mona Elthaway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized two chapters in, I was like, oh, I'd rather be reading the new book by S.H. Rakaporty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I just neglected that book and went to read um, Empire of Gold. Um, but I I am like I haven't really opened it in a, a, the um, Seven Necessary Sins book in a while. But um, it is pretty uh, radical feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I would describe you and I as radical feminists at this point. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll happily take it. I remember like denouncing the whole idea of radical feminism for a very long time. Um, but yeah, um, it, it, they're not things that we don't know, like at least for you and I, it's not things that you and I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's nice to be rereading those things. And she talks about anger a lot and why people try to control women's anger. Mm-hmm. And, um, how people keep saying that women should uh, 
act a certain way like if you're trying to negotiate with somebody you have to be like the calm one and stuff like that like for instance for me I'm still divided when it comes to the whole notion of fighting back with violence if like for instance somebody harass me like physically harass me or assault me or whatever I have before this told my friends um don't fight back with violence but she is a proponent of fighting back with physical violence Mm -hmm. i would like to know what you think because i still don't know what the right way actually is well i think i am also in that camp where if someone like physically hurts you you should like Mm -hmm. defend yourself in in a way that Mm -hmm. in a way that is effective and if the effective way is through physical violence then Mm -hmm. so be it Right. E- yeah. Mm. That's that's it. <laughs> but right. for me personally, um, I think there's also like a, an element of, um, we talked about this, um, face. Uh, no, in uh, outside of this podcast, but yeah, um, about like whether or not it's kind of revengey or like, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm still kind of coming to terms with how I feel about that. Like, yeah wanting to hurt someone but someone who hurt you but in a like mm. is that is that just i don't know is it like protection or is it excessive yeah yeah, yeah because like i i've been thinking about this a lot like the whole fighting back kind of thing um mm. because also like recently i've been doing i've been like i've been really gung ho with the whole hapkido thing the past three weeks and like for me i'm getting really much better at it than i was many many months ago and what i find interesting was i was paired up with a white belt last week and she the way she was using the martial art of hapkido was to hurt Mm. um and i kept telling her to slow down because i told her like you might not hurt yourself but whatever you're doing you might end up hurting me and like Mm. A few days after that, she apologized, saying that, no, you were right. I should not have gone so fast because she did hurt me several times. Um, I did complain about it afterwards to several people. And um, I talked to her, like, why are you using, what are you doing exactly? Like, why are you doing Hapkido? And she was saying, oh, like, in the event where I need to hurt somebody. Whereas I was telling her, like, the reason why I do Hapkido is because it's a martial art where I can run away instead of engage. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, which I'm, there's a lot of people who are, who take up martial art because they're like, oh, it's self-defense. But I talked to like several people about this and they're like, yeah, I mean, Hapkido or Aikido, um, it is meant for you to be able to run away and not engage. So which I'm, that's still like, I still wouldn't engage. I like, I don't know if I'd be able to run away if somebody... <laughs> attempts to hurt me or anything i guess i have to bring a knife in my bag or in my pocket but because she was like mona althaway she was um giving this scenario where she was um somebody touched her bum in a i might get this story wrong because i haven't read this book in a while um in a dance club and then she actually punched the crap the living crap out of that person because she was saying her um, using violence is a manifestation of how many years of constantly being harassed and assaulted. 
Right, right. Okay. So <clears throat> that's kind of complicated, isn't it? Like for me, it is. Yeah. Yeah. If if say like um in a in a domestic abuse um situation, and like mm-hmm. someone like the abuser is. You know, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. So, in, mm-hmm. so like one small action on small uh, quotes, mm-hmm. but on the on the abuser's part is actually an like it just goes into the accumulated damage onto the yeah. victim. And mm-hmm. if before the victim had no way to mm-hmm. or couldn't protect themselves, if they um, if they are aggressive and violent towards the mm-hmm. abuser back, is it appropriate or is it not? So it's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's difficult to say. I also do wonder about law. Like, I don't know what exactly the law is. If people say self-defense is, um, it'll be on your side if you engage in violence because of self-defense. But what if you hurt that somebody in the name of self-defense so much so that you properly harm them and stuff like would that be still be on the side of the person who was assaulted which yeah yeah mm, i don't know yeah, yeah. We, if that's the case right does mm. that i think that's for me like that's my reason why i personally would not engage in physical violence if somebody like i don't know like does stuff to me um because it I'd be like, will the law like be on my side? Yeah, it is that fear also. Like, if you hurt back, will will I have any, like, defense against this? Like, will mm. they accept that this is a, a valid defense? And yeah, and if that... Yeah. Uh-huh. No, um, I'm just saying, like, it's, 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 uh, it's also a way for abusers to, scare, to threaten their victims. Like, if you hurt me, I'll just mm. say that it was excessive force mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And if that's the case, right, doesn't that say, like, our law is pretty fucked up? That It's, it's not perfect, definitely. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm, sad. Anyway. I don't even remember, like, <laughs> where this came from, like, all of this. Like, where, oh, yeah, the oh, book. No. <laughs> the she book was talking about stuff. anger and right, right, um, okay. the use of <laughs> self-defense violence and stuff. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Are you okay to move on? Yes. With your life? No. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Book Thoughts. Hello. Hello. I have been thinking a lot um, since maybe last year about how much uh, the way bodies in books are portrayed has changed Mm -hmm. over the years. Because I've been reading romance, chiclet, um, not really much regular fiction, but like fiction aimed towards um with the with with women with women in mind as the market, and how much like fat shaming and fat phobic uh, ideas were in those older books, and it's yeah. so jarring to me. If I find that those same ideal idea ideas and ideals and values in recent books. Do you feel that way? Or do you have any, like, books? Have you read books that are like that? I haven't given this much thought. <laughs> no, because only because I haven't been reading that much fiction in the past year anyway. So That's I can't, true. like, at least, like, newly published stuff lah. So I don't really... 
No, like, I guess one example I can look at is probably comics. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think in terms of representation of bigger bodies, maybe. Yes, um, like because, in representation as well, yeah. Yeah, because if we're looking at comics, um, a lot of the women, like, I don't know about the men, I don't really notice about the men, huh? Um, a lot of the women still have that lithe, small body, tall, uh, bombshell-ish. Like, they don't necessarily have to be bombshell, but they have to be thin yeah, to be a yeah. superhero, for instance. And um, the only book that... I'm sure there are plenty of them out there, but for me, the most recent one where I can see a representation of bigger body, uh, and not just a bigger body, it's also a bigger black body, is mm-hmm. Pumpkin Heads by Rainbow Roll and Faith Erin Hicks, where mm-hmm. the main character is a black... Um, she a teenager, like a young adult, a black young adult who is curvy. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. And if I'm not wrong, um, I mean, I have the book with me here right now. Um, there might actually even be representation of disability, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that's nice. I'll have a flippity flip. For me, it's like... <laughs> the- it's not just representation of um, bigger bodies. It's also how they're represented in the older mm-hmm. books. I remember, like, if someone was in a bigger body of a higher weight, it is always, um, it is almost always uh, portrayed in a very negative light. They're either a villain. Mm-hmm. They're called, um, they're called fat in a bad way. They're called, mm-hmm. um, they're just like all of those like negative things associated and then they tack on the fact that you know they are this this body size and therefore they are bad and it's like a Mm. an association right with like so if and the hero or the heroine is always going to be thin always Mm. always with the bombshell body Mm -mm -mm. yeah um i i just saw one picture of a woman with who's on a wheelchair in pumpkin heads yeah um no you're right um because let me think i don't know like i'm sure with the whole like if you're a villain you're either too fat or very very skinny is it (laughs) i don't think so what i don't i don't know what i'm talking about now anyway okay okay so like why did you bring okay Okay, I, I'm bringing this up because over the year, I think, oh, no, maybe like over the past three, four years, mm-hmm. I've noticed that there's a shift like in conversation within the romance community. I'm, say, I'm talking romance because like I'm, I read mostly romance, but I'm seeing a shift in the romance community that's like, hey, like you're being totally shitty towards people in bigger bodies and like mm. stop portraying them in that, in like a negative light. Um, mm-hmm. And I have seen that shift in the writing because romance uh, publishing moves quite quickly. Like, there are so many books in a year. One author Mm. could be, like, could publish, like, maybe two, three books in a year. Cool. So there's always, like, a real... It's it's really Mm fast-paced. So I I see it. I see it clearly that there's this shift in in how they um, talk about bodies in general or like maybe they just don't mention it or just like i don't know it's just like the body doesn't matter as much as 
how the body looks doesn't matter as much as, you know, how the character is. Mm-hmm. Am I making sense? Do you have any examples? <laughs> so No, I, I, I understand. Um, oh, gosh. Okay. So the most recent example is, I just finished this last night, is Brazen and the Beast, <laughs> which is a historical romance by Sarah McLean. McLean? McLean? I don't know how to say her name. Um, no worries. You don't have to know. She, the heroine, is in a bigger body. She is portrayed as like, I don't know, it just doesn't really matter as much. She still deserves all of the good things in life, all of, all, yeah, all the good things in life. And it's nice mm-hmm. to hear that. But in comparison, um, I, I read The Hating Game by Sally Thorne a few months ago, and I was so kind of shocked because I hadn't really mm-hmm. seen that, like, negative, those negative connotations towards um, bigger bodies in my books for mm-hmm. maybe like a few years and then suddenly there's this one talking about her her the the hero's boss who has a bigger body and the heroine uses that as an insult <laughs> and i was like whoa this is what's this the insult fucking weird like how insult, she though? i don't remember like mm. but it is in in a way that is insulting like mm. she says like she insults him and then she lists being um, fat as an insult as well mm-hmm. and i honestly honest to god i have not heard i have not read that in a romance novel in a while oh god that is crazy yeah so i was like oh my god is she this shitty actually so mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i just find it you mean she as in the writer or she the writer and she the heroine also because like the heroine oh the heroine was the one who oh sorry like i'm not paying attention (laughs) so sorry the heroine was the one who said that and um, oh crap yeah and it really like put me off i'm like why am i supposed to root for this heroine like hell no shit (laughs) yeah i remember um she who shall not be named once um <laughs> yet everyone once, knows <laughs> yeah yet everybody knows who she is um uh talked about in- using i can't remember what the insult actually was um i think it might have been fat actually i don't remember this was years and years ago when people were still rooting for her where uh-huh. she was saying would you rather be fat or boring and that was one of the things i think uh when i was younger really kind of made an impact on me um you know she used to be a good person <laughs> I mean, she used to be so a yeah so she was saying like would you fat I, it might not be a fat, it might not be the word fat actually it was something but i remember her saying would you isn't boring a more insulting thing to say to somebody than whatever it was mm. no yeah like for me like as a fat person i was like right i'd rather be fat than be boring like if someone tells me i'm boring i get instantly insulted by it um Mm, because you're not so like i I don't know if i am if i'm not to be honest but i feel like i've led a life and if somebody um judges me by thinking that i'm a boring person i'm like 
what have you done in your life that you're assuming that you're better than me in terms of excitement or etc um so yeah like which i'm i because there has been proof that i don't know i don't want to talk about this whole fat thing again i'm kind of tired of talking about it all the time but yeah okay go back to our um past podcast where you talk where we talk a lot about body issues yeah and i think like that the that movement the body acceptance movement i is that is that what it is mm-hmm. called yeah i don't I know what it's called okay that has mm-hmm. really like reached the books that we or like i have read you or, yeah yeah i'm kind of yeah. really happy about it like not just um bigger bodies but also a more diverse diverse mm-hmm. bodies where like disability and all that so that's really mm-hmm. nice I think Rainbow Rowell has done a very good job in her books in terms of having diverse kind of bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't necessarily say, oh, this person is fat or this person is super skinny and stuff like that. But she, there is this one character in her book, um, fangirl Levi. He's like my book boyfriend. I think I've talked about this yes. before. Um, Levi is super tall. He's super lanky and he's losing his hair. And... But despite that, um, he's the book boyfriend. He's he is like the hottest book boyfriend ever for me. Yeah, like I personally wouldn't. Like I know it's shallow, but if someone's losing their hair, I'm a bit like, oh, I'll think twice about it. But this one, I'm like, yes, lose your hair, lose your hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so much. Um, she's done because she is also a fat writer, and she kind of knows about this whole idea of require like needing diverse bodies in her books and i think she's done a very good job at um having that kind of representation because even in fangirl the main character um uh kath kath i think is her name yeah kath um she is also like uh chunky in some places in her on her bodies even though like a lot of people draw her as slightly skinnier Mm. yeah I also see that there's like a change in covers. You know, there's a in in romance. They're kind of taking a page out of the young adult novels, where they okay. um there are lots more illustrated covers nowadays, and mm. there are more um diverse bodies in there. Like usually, it would be like quite quite skinny, even if they are mm-hmm. cartoons or illustrated. But now they are definitely not skinny, so that's that's really nice. To see, mm. but there's also like a conversation about like, are these people just not, or are these companies, these publishers, are they just not hiring bigger models, or like a more diverse selection of models, right? Real uh, yeah. models. <laughs> if it's drawing, you're gonna have to attribute that to the artist. The artists, I yeah. Think. yeah, yeah. You're exactly. right. Like if they're using models, then you're probably right. Like because. The modeling world right now, they keep saying it's inclusive, but if they're like plus size is still probably a size 10 and that's not inclusive at all. Like yeah. that's just a normal human body, I guess. Um, like that's the thing, like if you're going to hire people from modeling agencies, it's still going to be that set of bodies. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if they are... I have to ask you about romance and disability bodies, disabled mm-hmm. bodies. Are they more of that too? 
nowadays, yes. Mm. I see so much of it now. Um, I awesome. For some reason, I can't, like, I can't. I saw a list of it even um, the other day, but mm. I can't. I was going to find it earlier, but I, I couldn't find it. It got lost in my somewhere. But yeah, nowadays it's kind of on the up and up, I would say. Cool. Especially, cool. you know, like the kiss cushion and um, the bride test. So that uh, features uh, people with autism. Mm. And I know um, recently there has been a shift towards uh, f- to include more people with uh, characters with autism in books as well. So that's mm-hmm. really nice. Right. Okay. I wonder if... I don't know. There's also this whole notion of romanticizing autism oh no yeah yeah yeah, definitely i I see what you mean but Mm. so far from what i've seen people have been pretty much like good obviously there are going to be books right like that's in every genre so but so far the the more popular ones have been okay (laughs) okay okay that's good to know um, anything else that you want to add to this? I think that's it. Thought. I've been holding on to this, like, this, these thoughts since last month. So <laughs> they've kind of just dissipated. Okay. It's so like, oh, everything hurts right now. My body, my heart, my head. Okay, welcome to question time. I have a question for you. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do. Um, what mythical creature from a book would you want to be? I want to say something from the, from the Rick Riordan series. I don't know. What Can you name the Rick Riordan series for people who don't know what the name of the series is? Is it Percy Jackson? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's Percy, Percy Jackson. Jackson. Can I be okay. Percy, actually? <laughs> That's not a mythical creature. Okay, okay. Is he? A mythical I don't creature. Know. Okay. He's a demigod. Is that a myth? <laughs> Gods are myths. So what's your issue? <laughs> <laughs> Gods are myth? How dare you? Yeah, I just said it. I said it. <laughs> I said what okay. I said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't really think about like trying to be like a, a little... A sea lion or whatever, but I don't know what a sea lion is. <laughs> a sea lion is not a mythical creature, dummy. How would you know? Because I've seen sea lions. There are sea lions? What? Are you serious? I'm gonna Sea like... lion is a real animal. I'm Googling it. Oh my god. These are seals. They're seals? Yeah, sea I swam with them seals. last month. Oh my yeah. god, they're called sea lions. Are they really sea? Yeah, I swam with them last month. I told you. Yeah, but you said seals, and I, I, I saw seals, but sea lions are seals. Lingo, I guess. Yeah, That's tomato, so tomato, potato, yeah, okay, potato. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't really think about being like a unicorn or something like that. Why not? <laughs> Why would I want to? I don't know. I don't want to be a horse. Thanks. <laughs> wow, that's so dismissive of the unicorns. They're yeah, more fuck than the just unicorns. a horse. Hey, 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 hey. 
get out get out of this podcast <laughs> i'm gonna like edit you out and it's just gonna be me talking to myself for like sure. 15 minutes <laughs> have fun yeah do you really not have any like i don't know just give an answer yeah i did say it. what's wrong with being a demigod i don't know why do you want to be a demigod okay so i still get to be human with all of my human parts but i get like you get to die yeah, sure. Why Do you not? die? You die? Okay, cool. So you're still mortal. Yeah. I'm still mortal, mm. so I don't have to, like, think about immortality and, like, what am I doing with my life? I just have to think of this <laughs> life and not, like, the next thousand years. <laughs> and I get, like, some cool power that I may or may not discover while in my teens. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. That sounds cool. Yeah. What's yours? Do you have any... I have no answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really thought about it. I only asked this question because I was reading um, Devabad. And I think I want to be an Ifrit. <laughs> Dear God. Well, sure. I mean, like, Ifrit. Uh, yeah. I, I see what the you Ifrit, mean. Yeah. Has the, the, like, I know the truth or whatever you want to call it about Ifrit is not as idealistic, but... She does Ifrit in those book justice. They're cool as hell. They're so cunning and they're so... They're a lot of fun to read, I guess. Hmm, definitely. Yeah. You I think I'm too scared to be me? called, like... I, don't, I'm, yes? I think I'm too scared to be, like... To say that I want to be a djinn or anything. Just personally. <laughs> yeah, because you have personal belief about djinns. That's, yeah. that's cool. That's fine. Okay. Got any questions? Uh, yeah. Are there any books that you're looking forward to? No. Are you serious? No, I mean, because, right, before this, I used to read stuff that are, like, I I used to read a lot of YA, but because I just haven't been reading that much in the past, how many, in the past year, I guess, there's just nothing that... I'm not constantly seeking for books because I read books so slow now. Mm. Does that make sense? Before this, like, I read books so fast that I'm like, ooh, this is coming. I mean, if you had asked me that question last month, it would have been Empire of Gold. But, oh, I do actually. S.H. Rucker Bordy's um, book about female pirates. Excuse me? Oh, wait, you told me this. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. She's writing a book about female pirates. Um, it's not done that, yet. I, I, um, I don't think so. I mean, she just finished the, the book. so uh, She just yeah. finished um, Empire of Gold. So I'm not sure when the book she is coming out. She did not just finish Empire of Gold. It just published. So she's it published. just published, yeah, exactly. So she's like still doing um, press for that. So I don't think she's going to be writing the book. In Actually, I think she's taking a break from Twitter right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, let me see. When is that book coming out? Um, doesn't say when it's coming out. Untitled, number one. It it has no title yet. Uh, she's a good writer. <laughs> 2022, probably. So by then, maybe, I hope the Pando will... I hope the world hasn't ended by 2022. Oh, no, the world wouldn't have ended by 2022. The world will still be that? here. Because I'm will optimistic. Will the world be waiting for S.H. Like, next book? they'd be like not yet no gotta, it'll just be me waiting for it <laughs> yeah i don't think the world's gonna end that soon i feel like 
I'm quite nihilistic about life, but I'm not that nihilistic about the world ending. Interesting. <laughs> like, I'm nihilistic about some aspect of my life, but not the world as a whole. Mm, okay. Fair. Yeah. Let's talk about our book club. <sighs> I can't even remember the title of the book. I'm really bad with titles. Sama. Okay. Yeah. So, the book club book for July is the second book in the Dave Robot trilogy called The Kingdom of Copper by S.H. Mm. Mm-hmm. What do we think? What do you you know, think? You need, to, you need to summarize the book first. Oh, gosh. It's the second book. I <laughs> to <laughs> So we see, um, I think it's been five years, right? Since the first book. Yeah. Yeah. So Nari and Muntadir have married. And, <laughs> and, and, and what? Ali is in Amgazira. <gasps> Ali is in Amgazira. My man, he's, my boy. <laughs> he's been, he's been. Um, banished. Was he has been banished, uh, and then people were out to kill him. But then, yeah. um, two people, Lubayid and Akisa, um, saved him and brought him to Amgazira, where he, uh, where he was. What was he doing? He was just he, he built the life there, basically. He lived the life. Um, he was the imam. He was also sprouting springs left, right, he and center. Like, I don't in know. A, yeah, he was like uh, in the middle of the desert. Yeah, he was improving agriculture. He was like teaching yeah. kids to to read. Basically, like the best, the best boy in his life. Yeah, he the was best like, boy. Yeah, he is, or he was doing that. Um. So yeah, that's where we are right yeah yeah so the issue so the the trouble comes when someone from ali's mother's side uh Mm -hmm. who claims that he's his cousin basically lured him si musa namanya oh si musa (laughs) musa um basically tricked him trick ali into Mm -hmm. going back to devabad yeah, and for his trade. dad, Gasan, um, just told Ali to stay. Yeah, and Ali was going to leave. Dun, dun. Yeah. Shit happens. <laughs> shit does happen, you're right. But oh my what god, do you think of the this shit book? that happens in this book is like, once you've read the third book, I feel like the shit that happens in book, this book is nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Holy crap. <laughs> but we're not talking about the third book. No, we're not. But... I I feel like I I really want to say like I really admire Essay Shakaburi's um craft Gusto. I guess very skill or <laughs> she's like upping the tension from each book it's it's amazing I yeah. thought nothing nothing like could ever top the second book and I was I was so glad that I was wrong I don't think I've ever read anything like what she has done. Honestly, I feel like these well, like I know we're diverging away from the topic, but um I feel like these three books is a marvel. <laughs> oh for sure. I, I think I'm gonna get the the physical copies. 
actually yeah i was i was thinking about that too but like i don't know we'll see chimanala um because they are really bulky and very heavy oh that's true right that's fine anyway but anyway so, this book what do you think of it i'll be honest uh, and this is gonna happen in the next recording too i'm not gonna remember anything from this book because it's so fucking long yeah yeah every time i i, I read this book also and i was like Oh, right, this happened. I totally forgot. Yeah. I forgot it happened. Wait, this happened no, in this book? No, you're right. <laughs> I've read this book, like, this is the third time I've read it, and I honestly cannot remember much from it. But, okay. Um, I did make some no- notes. <gasps> mm, Who are you? But <laughs> I made notes, like, at the end of the book and not at the, or not at the beginning, because I completely forgot about taking notes. I didn't take notes at all i did not like muntader as much in this book yeah um he was as i did the first one he was a mess but i think he just honestly did not know how to cope with everything and i think he was just afraid for his life can't believe Mm. we're talking about muntader he's not even like the main character um so i kind of like there were some parts where i just feel like really angry at him quite a lot because he used to be like a very compassionate person in the first book and i think um, in the second book, Muntadir lost a lot of that compassion hmm. because um, of Jamshid, who is his lover. Um, and I think, I mean, if you're, uh, if the love of your life is holding on to dear life, I'm pretty sure you're going to be riddled with a lot of anxiety. Yeah. So I, I think, excuse like, I his behavior, his, his shitty behavior. Because- to, he does to survive i think everyone lost yeah a bit of their kindness i don't know like something that just made them soft and just in order yeah. to survive it's kind of sad honestly this book made me kind of sad for all of them yeah um i think one of my favorite things from this book is how the three siblings at the end and like very quickly also um kind of bonded trying to get rid of gassan together yeah like yeah i really like that. that this is their the source of the issue yeah because awal awal they're all like no we're not gonna do it at the end of it they're like shit no we have to do this like the reason why this city is the way it is is because of gosan and then you see more of it in the third book and i think the third book really kind of made it far more interesting um study in politics um I don't know how, <laughs> like, it's been a while since I read this book. And also, like, we read the third book that I can't even differentiate which is I where. No, because they kind of just, <laughs> because they, they, it, the third they book meld falls together. immediately from the second yeah. book. Yeah. So, again, what I Happy. love about all mm-hmm. of these kind of, um, the books in general is that even though I am angry at, at these characters when, when they do stupid shit, I can't. I still understand them. Like I understand why they're doing this. Doesn't yeah. mean I agree, but I understand. Like fuck you, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of clarity. These characters. Mm. And I feel mm. like that's that's really um, a mark of her of the writer's skill because in, yeah. I feel like if in in a an author with less skill it would just be super 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 frustrating like why yeah. is he doing this um, like suddenly like ugh. 
Yeah. No, you're right. Like she's, she's very skilled. And I, like, oh God, I don't know. Sometimes like so many things happen. Like, but again, this book, I feel like nothing actually happened. Um, can we talk about Dara? <laughs> oh, Dara. Hmm. <laughs> okay. What do you think of him in this book? Because I'm still angry about him in this book. Me too. I, I. What? Okay. What happened to Dara? So, Dara died. In the first book, mm-hmm. right? Ali um, killed him. Ali killed him. Uh, and then in the second book, uh, at the end of the first book, he we find out that he's been re- resurrected, right? Was it the end of the first book or the beginning of this book? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah. But he, he has been resurrected by Manize. Who is Nahari's mother. Uh-huh. Um, and he's been kind of pushed back into the role of, I forgot what they're called. What are they called? Afshin. Afshin, right. Into the role of Afshin and to obey the Nahids. So he's Mm. been building his army, an army for Manize to take the, to take over. Yeah, to take over Devobod. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, my god mm-hmm. he makes some shitty ass decisions yeah like i don't i didn't make notes on dara but um i did put i'm still angry at him dara <laughs> binded her again for fuck's sake <laughs> will he ever stop being shitty and the thing is yeah i don't think he ever will stop being shitty because he keeps thinking uh, he i don't i don't I know he's a complex character. Right. Yeah. And throughout this whole book, he keeps thinking that he's doing the right thing. Blah, 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 blah. And is he ever right? Like, very rarely he is. Um, I think, like, Dara is a study of um, consent and how he doesn't understand it. Yeah. And I, I also think that his idea of, consent is informed by the fact that his consent was taken also Mm, interesting yeah props props so in that in that way like i'm super like mad like at his decisions and the Mm -hmm. way he thinks but also i understand that that's just that's how he was brought up like i'm not like condoning it but i understand where he comes from like the way that he was raised to be mm. in a family of Afshin, indoctrinated to follow the Nahids, to say that they are mm. the way, the right way. Like, yeah, the Nahids he, are superior. Yeah, and he doesn't know anything else. Like, he, like in his frame of mind, like he does not have the capacity to understand that there is something beyond the Nahids or outside Correct. of the Nahids. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I, w- I just want to talk about this bit i'm gonna read it um so there's at the end where muntadir got sliced by the zulfikar which means that he was gonna die like basically immediately but he died quite slowly and dara held captive of him and i want to read this um this is what dara dara replied swiftly tell me how to retrieve Suleiman's seal and i'll grant ali's eye mercy Muntadir didn't speak, his eyes searching Dara's face. All right, he finally said. You'll have to get the ring first. His breathing was becoming more ragged. The palace library. Go to the catacombs beneath. There's a... He gave a shuddering cough. A staircase you'll need to take. And then, 
Follow it. It's quite deep. It will go for a long time. You should feel it getting warmer. Muntadir grimaced, curling in slightly on his stomach. And after, Dara prompted, growing impatient and a little panic. Muntadir frowned, looking slightly confused. Is that not the way back to hell? I assume you wanted to go home. <laughs> I love Muntadir. Like, even dying, he has, like, his sass. <laughs> yeah, no, the thing is, like, I hated Muntadir for most of this book, mostly because he was just being a really big brat. Um, Because he didn't want to talk to Ali. But, like, I kind of understand why he didn't want to talk to Ali. Ali was also being a bit of an asshole to Muntadir throughout this whole book because he just kept overstepping him. And then, like, when... um. Muntadir told Ali and Nari, go run, um, I'll deal with Dara. He just became that Muntadir that I fell in love with in the first book. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> Because now he's like, I have nothing to lose anymore because I am going to die. Before this, I had everything to lose That's because I don't know when it. I'm going to die. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, like... <laughs> I know I am, but <laughs> yeah, I like, I like Muntadir at the end of this because I was like, yeah, this is the Muntadir I really, really love. Um, yeah. He was just, I, I don't know, like, he was just like, my dad's gone, fuck him. Like, he's been this person who's been restrictive of me. And then he's just, he just became himself again. Yeah. At, at the core, I think all of these, um, the siblings and Nari, um, they're just like, and, and Dara actually, they're just like thrust into this world. And, and the, the, the world's, expectations of them and in that way they are being restricted and it's Mm -hmm. and in this book i can really see them like fighting against it or like yeah yeah fighting within it it's like yeah i think in this book a lot of these people i think except ali a lot of like the main characters and maybe they all lose their personality from the first book because they're all under control of Ghassan. Ali only retained it because he was essentially free. Because he was like, who gives a shit? He's like, I'm, I have a place to run away from. And yeah, I know that I can like, have in the, life there. Yeah, in the first book, he was like scared for his life in some ways. He was scared of his father. But this yeah. time around, he's like, I actually can survive out there. And he has all these Marit powers that he knows. But he also tried to deny it. Um, Nari, on the other hand, was uh, living her life on edge because she could be killed at any moment and she could be imprisoned at any moment. And she had no one to protect her. She had no allies except for Nisrin. But even Nisrin, she was slightly um, hesitant to trust. And I kind of get why. Yeah, I kind of get why you would mistrust Nisrin. She, throughout the whole book, I don't see her as very honest at all. She was very fussy and she was... um, not i don't know she was not what nahri needed oh definitely i think the issue yeah. with um all this throughout this series is just basically let nahri choose yeah and no one let her choose no ever no one ever, ever. lets her choose so yeah yeah so that's why i guess and i really love that nahri knows that like the I don't trust this person or I don't trust these people because they have never let me cho- uh, choose anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's really nice to see on page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I feel like Nari was not that strong of a character in this book. Mostly, we're looking more into the struggle she feels inside of her. 
about these people who are surrounding her. And she doesn't trust any of them anymore. And yeah. before this, like, she was beginning to trust Ali. She trusted Dara. And then Dara betrayed her. And then supposedly Ali betrayed her too because he was lying to her. And um, yeah, it... I feel like every time I was reading Nari, it was just a lot of anxiety. And I kind of understand it's her living on survival mode. I don't yeah. like reading Nari in survivor mode. It I just don't like it. Like, I just want the best for her. <laughs> I know, because because we love her. You know, we want the best for her. So yeah. obviously we want her to be happy. And it was kind of interesting, which I'm even when she was happy in the, like, building the hospital so in this book she she and ali um ally together to build a hospital for the um chef. everybody everybody basically yeah but mm-hmm. <clears throat> and even then she was really really scared except for those parts where she was kind of really rec- reckless like finding yeah the doctor and i was like oh my gosh she's gonna get this doctor killed i was so yeah worried. yeah we want to talk about ali Man, I really loved him in this one. I gotta say. Yeah, so yeah. Sexy. I mean, he got, he he got <laughs> sexy in this one. He did get sexy, and it was <laughs> that's such a funny thing to say. Ali got sexy. Um, yeah, I really love Ali in this one. Like before this, in the first book, I was like, oh, he's slightly immature, but in this book, I feel like he was. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, I don't like to use this word, but he was manlier. Yeah, he was. Tapi, you know how you you said earlier that they lost something um, mm-hmm. from the first book. I think Ali lost that. Like, he lost his, like, wide-eyed wonder. Yeah. But yeah. that's the thing. He still has that wide-eyed wonder. He still, he still does. It's just... Very optimistic. He, yeah. Tapi macam but he also... Uh-huh. He knows, Jo. He knows that his optimism is going to get him in trouble. <laughs> Whereas, yeah. like, in the first book, he he felt like he would be okay because he was doing the yeah. right thing. Yeah. This time, he's, like, he's doing the right ty- thing, but at least he knows how to fight back. Yeah. Super sexy. Um, <laughs> but also, what I find really funny about this whole... Uh, with Ali in this book is that how he... Actually, we cannot deny that he's still pretty anxious about his dad, but the way he tried to manage the anxiety is just to overwork himself. Oh. Actually, he kind of did yeah. that in the first book, too, where he um, threw himself into work as well. Yeah, but this time around, he's like, um, it's just a hospital. He hasn't slept for a while. And um, there were some time like there were some pages where he he gets snappy with like the workers and stuff which i thought was really interesting like ali doesn't get snappy i don't remember anything about this <laughs> yeah i did like there was one time where he was i don't know he was being very snappy at the workers because i think the hospital wasn't fully ready or something mm. it's just really funny i found it really funny the fact that he was like um he was a, a ladies' man without knowing that he's a ladies' man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's so funny. Gosh, like, so, like, bangang, like, oh. That's in the first chapter, like, the first few chapters, isn't it? Is it? When, like, during the... That, and when also, was... um, all throughout the book, actually, mm-hmm. where he's, like, he gets attention from women, but he doesn't know what, like, he doesn't... 
see it or understand it or like what <laughs> yeah he really is that true um ustaz oh. <laughs> that people that like much a men men want to be but fail to be <laughs> yeah so in women like uh heterosexual women just see that and you're like yes i want mm. it <laughs> yeah um yeah, and I really like Lubayed and Akisa. Lubayed is just, I don't know, I just love, I just love Lubayed so much because he was trying to distract people from the rumors about Ali making alliance with Marids. Mm. And he's like, there's a reason why I'm being stupid and dumb. It's so people don't, people forget about like having to ask you these questions. And like, and I think Lubayed is that sibling who you'd ask um, who you call if you have to hide a, bo- a body. <laughs> oh, definitely. I think he has done that. Yeah. He has, he hit, he hit <laughs> Ali's bodies. Yeah. <laughs> I love them both. What else do you want to talk? I, yeah. I feel like uh, Lu- mm-hmm. Lubaid and Akisa, they really were the people that he needed. Yeah, for sure. Because and... they were going to kill him in the first book when they saw him. Yeah. And then they decided, nope. Let's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So, and then, like, I know we're just talking about characters here, not so much the plot, but I think, like, the characters are way more interesting. Oh, gosh. In this book, I think the characters are, are definitely more interesting. Like, if you want to talk mm. about plot, we got to do that in the next the next. Oi. Oi, babe. That's, like, plot on plot on plot on plot. Mm. No, God, it's, like, stacks of plots. I'm thinking about it and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking like, oh god, I have to run through that book again before the next recording. I'm like, oh, do I do I even have time? <laughs> exactly. Like, it'll take me like five days, I think. It's just like, all right, this, this happened, this happened, this happened. But in this book, this book, like, uh, it, it's uh-huh. more like emotional, emotional things, emotional plot points mm. than like yeah. plot, plot. You know. Hmm. No, no, I think you're right. Um, let me see. Who else do I want to talk about? Gosan died, so good on him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were introduced to Manize, who we thought was going to be uh, this super compassionate person because she's a Nahid, and Nahid's always, every time Nahid's are described, they're always like that super compassionate very like healing and stuff like that and then you find this monster of a woman um i actually found that quite yeah. interesting how like how that image of the nahids of like mm. of them being the these like compassionate leaders mm-hmm. was kind of deconstructed and like it that image is like disintegrated throughout the series like you kind yeah. of see like hey actually no um, especially in this book, and it's really shown it with the hospital, like what the knights mm-hmm. were doing, um, yeah. why, why the hospital was burned down, and like why there are bodies, and why like all of these things, like woo, they fucked up. Yeah, they really did fucked up. Um, but I think what's interesting is that um, Manize, uh, she also made alliance with the Ifrits, and I don't know, she just all. She does all these very wacky magic. <laughs> wacky, desperate magic. Yeah, and like you see more of it in the third one, I guess. But um, 
I really like how the image of Manizah just disintegrate throughout the whole book because like in the first one she's like, oh she's your mom Nari's and blah 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 like she's this she's wonderful. Yeah, and then like in this book it's like yeah she wants her daughter but why is she making alliance with the Ifrids? Yeah, and like why is she out to like fucking up in the, uh commit genocide like what the fuck yeah yeah which is what she did she was like that vapor that killed the um the katanis the yeah the gazeris it's like gila like what the fuck that's like i don't know what is that agent orange i guess so <laughs> and then like um wait i can't remember i had my thought and then i lost it never mind I found the Ifrits were kind of confusing. I think in this book, it was kind of confusing. Like what, what role do they Tell play? me why. What role do they play? Yeah. And like... No, what, you're right. Yeah. What do they want out of this? Yeah, you only get to see that in the third book though, right? Don't yeah. you? So yeah. in this book, it really like... It was a, a definitely a primer for the third book. Mm-hmm. And Hatset... <laughs> she's the oh best. God, she's the so best mom. Much. We got more hearts in this book and the third book, and I'm so glad. Uh, yeah, she's the best. She's the best. I love her. I really, really love her. She, even though she's like, she's that overbearing mother. She comes off as a very overbearing mother, but I really, really love her character. Um, she, I think, if anything, right, she is the most manipulative player, um, like the most self-centered player in the whole political ploy, because she's so strategic. Um, but yeah, I really, really love her. From the first book, actually, like, um, she was, people kept saying that she was manipulative and strategic and like she did all this in the background, but we didn't really see it until Mm -mm. the beginning, the, the beginning of this book when Ali comes to see her. And oh my Mm -hmm. God, her and Ali, oh my God, they're so cute. She's really cute. Like the, the, the relationship between the two of them is very cute. Is I forgot. Okay, um I forgot the the sister's name. Zainab? Zainab, right. Zainab's the middle the middle sister, right? The yeah. middle child. Right, okay. Yes. I find it really cute that Ali is like the the boom suit. He really is the boom Why? Suit. He really is though, yeah. Yeah, and if I think about like their uh the sibling dynamic, he really is the boom suit. He's so small. <laughs> <laughs> small S-M-O-L small mm, he's small I love him he is small um is there anything else you want to talk let's save it for the next one <laughs> okay sure no <laughs> on worries on that ominous note <laughs> yeah um yeah I have nothing else to say love the book love the series five stars five <laughs> so our ne- stars our next book is um, the third and last Devabut trilogy series, The Empire of Gold by S.A. Chakraborty. Please follow us on Twitter at Book Club Haters and Socket Alliance and SocketAlliance.com. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>